When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And they are. So this is the sad episode. Uh, the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, XL Media, and as always, Rivercrest NYC. It's episode 117. The Yankees lost the wild card game to the Boston Red Sox. Now, I feel like it happened like a million years ago already because I mean, we recorded a little bit early last week. We recorded on Monday last week and in anticipation of that game. And now it's Wednesday. So it's only been eight days since the game happened, but in my mind, it's been no shorter than three weeks. And this has already been the longest off season that's ever existed. Yeah. Um, eight straight days of just pure pain. It's been terrible. It's been so bad. It really yeah. has. Yeah. It's, it's not good. And it's, you know, we, this is what we were afraid of. And on the last episode, this is what we were afraid of, that Garrett Cole was not going to be healthy enough to give us the start that we needed for the Yankees to win in the wildcard game. And he didn't. Garrett Cole was bad. Straight up, Garrett Cole was bad. And that's because he hasn't been healthy for a month. A month. And I saw it's it's been very frustrating to look at all the people claiming that, oh, it'll be overpaid Garrett Cole. And Garrett Cole doesn't know how to pitch in the big game. Like, shut up. Garrett Cole knows how to pitch in the big game. He is a he's been dominant in his playoff career. This is this is just a case that he isn't he hasn't been healthy all month. And and I think maybe looking back, you know, when when he gets injured in early September, maybe maybe you know hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe you should have just taken a couple weeks off and and fully healed instead of trying to pitch through it. Or or maybe. I don't know. Maybe Aaron Boone should have should have forced him to take some time off and and just get a couple rehab starts in. But we also really needed him just to to make it to the playoffs. We felt like we really needed him, even though he wasn't pitching very well. And it was kind of a lose lose situation for the Yankees. And you know, I hate to say it, if you just win all these games against the Baltimore Orioles that you probably should have won, then you're not in a position where you need Garrett Cole to be pitching every fifth day, even though he's injured. Maybe we win the wild card game. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's rough. Should have started Nestor. Should have gone with nasty Nestor. I mean, the ace of listen, the staff. I know. I know it's a must win. It is the game. Like if you lose, you're done, which is exactly what happened. But man, I don't know. They just the managing. I, I was questioning the managing, too. I mean, you kind of knew early on that Garrett Cole was not having it. He was leaving pitches up. He was leaving pitches in the middle of the zone. Just not looking great and yet you keep him in and I just don't get that especially with the way that the Yankees offense has been producing for the past month yeah I'll say the the pitch to Bogarts that was a bad pitch that was Mm -hmm. right down the middle that that deserved to be to be banged and that was you know it was kind of that feeling that after you hit that two-run home run it's like 
this game might be over already might be over and you know credit to Kyle Schwarber the pitch that he banged Garrett Cole on that was not a bad pitch it was above the zone it was out of the zone and it was high fastball that was you know should have been high enough to get a swing and a miss and Kyle Schwarber was just like fuck you I'm gonna go hit it anyway and it's gonna leave the ballpark so I mean credit to Kyle Schwarber but it was very clear that Garrett Cole didn't have his best stuff whereas Nathan Avaldi, you know extra credit to him I don't think he has ever pitched that well in his entire life. I don't think he's ever had that kind of stuff as a major league pitcher. I told you, I told you, did I not tell you? Listen, I I had faith in Nathan Avaldi because there, we didn't score a lot of runs off him this year. We got him good at the last time we saw him. We ran him after two and two thirds uh, in the regular season during that sweep of the Red Sox, which looking back on, it felt like a momentum shift. Um, But I don't, I've never seen his fastball go quite as fast as he threw it in the wild card game. I I've didn't think he did a lot of stuff that he doesn't usually do, which was really frustrating to me because that morning I went on a whole, you know, analytics breakdown of if Nathan Avaldi gets you in this situation, this is where he's going to go. And, and you got to be prepared for this, 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 and this. And he had just like, he does, he didn't throw sliders to, uh, left-handed batters. He preferred throwing curveballs to left-handed batters. He threw like two sliders to strike out lefties. I'm like, the numbers, the numbers don't support this. You used your fastball more than you usually use it, and it got us on swings and misses, which it normally doesn't. This doesn't support, you know, your season-long stats. And I don't know. I just felt like he had some of the best stuff that he's ever had in his entire career. And you saw in the next start, it wasn't as good. It wasn't as sharp. The fastball was down a couple ticks. The the movement and control wasn't as good. But that wild card game, he was amped. He was amped up. The Nathan Avaldi postseason dude is a completely different person. And I believe I said that. And you told me not to be too worried. So I'm just saying here. I was rightfully so worried. And I knew after the first inning, I was like, okay, the Yankees are, you know, they're swinging well. They're swinging early, but they're swinging pretty well. John Carlos Stanton should have had a home run if it was a regular ballpark. Should have had two home so, runs. He should have had three home runs, probably. Yeah, well, right? he did He did hit one. One of them he did right. get out. He should have had three home yeah. runs. We should have won that game. It should have been the John Carlos Stanton Yankee moment of greatness. But it wasn't. Yeah. Because pitch, it's pitch Fenway fucking park. Garrett Cole let us down. I, I, who was it? Who was the reliever that got banged? Was it Chad Green? Did he, he give well, up a Chad home Chad Green run gave up a home. Uh, yes. Chad Green yeah. gave up a couple of rounds. Yes, he did. Yeah. Not Which, great. And yeah, that's, you know, it is what it is. You, you knew going into that game, you're going to have to try to get after Nathan Valdi because he just doesn't throw balls. He just doesn't. He just throws more strikes than anyone in the league. He has one of the lowest walk rates of anyone in the league. He's going to throw strikes. So that was the plan. Go attack the fastball early. And I mean, Aaron Judge did a good job. John Carlos Stanton did a good job. Everybody else kind of sucked. And I think that kind of leads us into the offseason conversation. Let's go. Quick top five. Let's do a top five, Allison. Top five things you want to see the Yankees do this offseason. Maybe get a new manager that, um, you know, listen, like I love Aaron Boone, but I've been saying this since day one. They wanted Aaron Boone as a puppet. I feel like Aaron Boone 
he he looks at the analytics. He tries to do what the Rays are doing. But honestly, I think half the time he makes a move just because he's like, I should probably make a move. Not sure which one it should be, but I'm going to make it. You know, I feel like he just doesn't have the right feel for it. And it's really frustrating to watch. Obviously, you can say that the Yankees offense just completely failed, which they did. They the offense failed them in the end and their pitching failed them. And they just failed. But I would not mind seeing someone new at the helm because I am sick and tired of Kevin Cash and Alex freaking Cora, who should have been suspended for much, much longer and yet is back in the game doing this now and being like, oh, we're the underdogs now. I'm like, yeah, because you cheated and you should have gotten in bigger trouble, but it's fine. Whatever. I just think the Yankees really need some fresh life breathe into them because I feel like they're just stagnant and they're going to continue doing the same thing with Aaron Boone at the helm. Yeah, that's, you know, part of the problem is if we do fire Aaron Boone and and I don't think the Yankees will fire Aaron Boone. I know there's already rumblings that they're leaning towards keeping him anyway. Even if they do fire him, you know, I'm not putting this season on his back at all because it wasn't Aaron Boone's fault that the balls got dejuiced. DJ LeMahieu lost all his power. Glaber Torres couldn't figure out how to lift the ball. Gio Urshela regressed. Luke Voigt was injured all year. It's, you know, those things aren't on Aaron Boone, but it's, I wouldn't hate to see him go just kind of a, a turn the page sort of thing. It's not that I, I'm putting the last few years on Aaron Boone. It's, he's certainly made a lot of mistakes, but he's, you know, he's made some good decisions too. And, and, you know, you're not going to get credit for those. If you're the manager, no one ever gets credit for the good decisions they make. They mm-hmm. only get blamed for the bad decisions they make. It just turn the page, maybe just set up a, a new culture. And the thing is, whoever replaces Aaron Boone, it's just going to be Aaron Boone again. The Yankees are calling the shots from the front office. There's a plan. There's lanes they want to use bullpen relievers in. There's ways that they want to deploy their their lineup and, and their rotation. Whoever yeah, comes you- in for Aaron Boone is going to be the same. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I guess the fact of the matter is, like, the Yankees themselves, they can say all they want that – we just aren't, we're not getting the job done, not getting the job done. Have you ever thought it's because they are managing from, from up above? Like, you know, it's just, that's never worked. It's never worked in any sport. I don't know a sport where that's actually worked. And if you can prove me wrong, prove me wrong. Like I, I'm all I, for I it. wouldn't say that for baseball. I mean, that's, that's what the Dodgers do. The The lineups aren't coming from Dave Roberts. I mean, he has input and I'm sure Aaron Boone had a level of input, but it's the nerds who are saying, this is the way we can optimize our lineup. It's the nerds saying, these are the bullpen matchups we like the best. And it's the same with Kevin Cash, who I think, you know, out of all the managers in baseball, I think Kevin Cash is probably the best at analytics. Personally, I think he understands them as, as well as you know, it probably Gabe Kapler might be the only other person who, who I could point to and say, yes, these people, they just understand what the front office is talking about when they then when they put these stats out. There's no in-game decisions that they're like, well, is this a gut decision? Is this an analytics decision? No, they know what the right mathematical move is, whether it works out or not. You know, that's a whole other thing. And we got, got to be careful to avoid making analytics the boogeyman because the teams that are winning 
are using analytics. It's the Astros and the ALCS for the fifth year in a row. The heavy, heavy analytics. It's the Dodgers. Heavy analytics. I mean, have you ever Rays, thought that Red maybe Sox. the Yankees just have the wrong nerds? That's that's the other point. That's maybe, the problem. <laughs> maybe the Yankees just aren't I mean, using them right. <laughs> and it's, either they're it's not the using personnel. them right, or maybe their nerds just aren't at a level of nerdiness where it's a successful nerdiness. You know, I mean, I understand that analytics is taking over the game of baseball, and I totally get it. I mean, you see it everywhere, but like you're just looking at the fact of the matter and the fact that every year, as of late, the Rays have gone so far just because they use analytics to their advantage 150%. That is how they run the game. They lose the game. They're like, yep, you know what? One time thing, it happens. But maybe the Yankees nerds aren't quite good enough to be doing what they're doing. So maybe they need to also find some new nerds. Maybe. And and I think there is a lot more room in the playoffs for the human element of the game because of the small sample size. And, you know, the numbers might say do one thing, but, you know, if you're the Tampa Bay Rays, we've seen this play out over a few years now. Their relievers are not the same in the postseason. Their relievers just, they don't have the same break. They don't have the same ride on their fastball. They're gassed because they only, they were using three starters at one point this year. They were just bullpenning, bullpenning, bullpenning. And you had Shane McClanahan and Shane Boz. Those are two rookies. You got rookies out there. Luis Patino. He had no business pitching in game three when he was supposed to be the game four starter. He's a starting pitcher. And you said you're starting game four. And then in the 10th inning of game three, you're like, actually, we need you tonight. He's a rookie. He's a starter. This is not a a situation that he has prepared himself for. It takes a starter all day to get going all day. And you're just going to throw Patino into this situation as a rookie against the Boston Red Sox in a, a, let's call it must win game three. Cause that's what it was. It was must win. Of course, he's going to give up a two run home run to Christian Vasquez. Of course, he's going to do that. This is not his situation. This is, but that's, you know, the situation you put yourself in. If you're the Rays and you really lean into this bullpen approach, eventually you're going to run out of bullpen guys. You're going to run out. You're going to have to say, well, we don't have anyone else to pitch. So I guess we're going to throw tomorrow's starter and, and we'll just, you know, figure it out tomorrow and see what happens. You're not going to get any length out of your starters. And that's why, you know, you look at a team like the Braves and the Brewers and you see, okay, they're, they're starting pitching depth there. You look at the Dodgers, they're starting pitching depth. So at the very worst case, you know, if you have a, a blow up start from inning number one for, uh, let's say Kevin Gaussman for the Giants, they don't have as much starting pitching now, but let's say you have a, a blow up inning in inning number one, you can pretty much write the book on the game already. You can still get four innings five innings, save the bullpen for the next day. And that's just, it's not a luxury the Rays have, especially without Tyler Glass now, who's not going to be you know ready for the start of the year next year either. And of course, the Rays over a 162 sample size will still find a way to be a pain in our ass uh, and, and probably win the division again. But it's, it's not sustainable all year. You can't do it all year. Well, I think it, we made it very clear that the AL is out. I mean, like we don't want the Red Sox winning and we don't want the Astros winning. It is just the worst case scenario for any regular like baseball fan. You just don't want to see this. This is exactly like (laughs) 
What, what did Joe Girardi say? It's not what you want. It's yeah, not it's what not you what want. you want. The, the one team in the American League that I could like get behind, the Chicago White Sox, got a master class in been here and done that by the Houston Astros. I mean, yep. they just, they ran the White Sox out of town, ran them out of town in Chicago, just ran them. So I think we made it clear that uh, my rooting uh, does not lie in the American League. I Go Giants. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I'm just kind of like anyone else. Anyone else, else in the national? League. I anyone. don't care. I really don't care. Would well, I we prefer can't, to we be can't the Rockies? Do Dodgers. Absolutely. Can't do Dodgers because you know that's, Padres Twitter wouldn't point. like that. I Padres don't Twitter. care at this point because it's Mookie Betts. I'm okay with him. Oh, Dodgers Twitter's not going to like that. They're not going to like that. Trey Dodger Turner, loving. I'm okay with him. You're doing. You're doing Dodger loving, okay. Allison. You're doing Dodger than, loving. I'm speaking. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I am more than okay with rooting for the Dodgers because it's not the Red Sox. It's not the Astros. I don't really care. And I like Trey Turner. I like Mookie Betts. I hate some other people on the team, but not as much as I hate other people on other teams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no Red Sox and Astros in the ALCS. That's that's a nightmare scenario where you have to watch every game because partly it's our job and partly like the ALCS. Obviously, we're going to watch every game, but it's like can we root for both teams to lose? Is that something right. that can happen? Can both teams lose? Or, you know, seven I mean, t- seven game tie. I don't mean to be like bitter, but like, you know, the Red Sox have a history with COVID. Like what happens then? I'm just asking what happens. The Red Sox are also not vaccinated to the point Correct. where they need to be vaccinated. So if COVID, you know, COVID hit the Braves, it got Jorge Soler. But of course, the Braves are over that 85 percent threshold. So <laughs> they're fine to keep playing. And Soler is the only one you know, he's getting the boot from the team. If that happens to the Red Sox, that's bad. So I was watching, obviously, the wild card game. I started out on regular ESPN, got really annoyed really quick. So I switched over to the stat cast. Yeah, the stat cast version, um, which was good until the very end of the game. Um, just, just before the game was over, the announcer started speaking about how the Red Sox have been through so much because they've had so many different COVID outbreaks and like their players have had to leave the field because of positive COVID tests. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. And I'm like, get fucking vaccinated. Get vaccinated. I don't know what else to tell you. That is not an underdog story. We are not using the COVID-19 narrative as an underdog story for the fucking Red Sox. Yeah. No. Also, the Boston Red Sox are the exact same as the New York Yankees. You don't get to play the underdog card ever, ever. That doesn't exist for you. It doesn't matter if you came into the year and you were supposed to be bad. Doesn't matter. You're the Boston Red Sox. You don't get to play that card. The Giants are an underdog, okay? The Giants had a 0.01% chance at the beginning of the year of making the postseason. Yeah, but and they were then, the first it's team also like, it's still the San Francisco Giants. Like, they should be in this spot. They they had a bad roster, They and it just, all of a sudden, Buster Posey takes a year off, and he's back to MVP form. Brandon Crawford having a really good year, whatever. Like, those guys shouldn't have been doing that. Like, they should not have been this good. But it's the Giants. Well, I will tell you, I'm not going to say I'm rooting for the Giants because whoever I say I'm rooting for just loses. So um, I been the will trend say, so far. Yeah, it's, it's been a trend. Um, but I will say if the Giants do win, one of our good buddies, Mike Talkman, gets a ring as well. So that would be cool, too. True, 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 true. Um, OK, 
back circling back. We got number one. You want a new manager. Number two. What do you want the Yankees to do second? Hmm. Well, it's interesting. Because there's a lot of different things that they could do. There's a lot of different ways that they could go. I was just kind of looking at the list of available free agents. And I noticed Corey Kluber's name is on there. And I was like, oh, easy signing. But then I was like, wait. Hmm. Got Garrett Cole. You got Luis Severino coming back into the starting role. You've yep. got Jordan Montgomery. You've yep. got Luis Heald potentially. Mm. You've got Jameson I Tyone. Mean, they have pitchers now, which is wonderful news. Um, so I was just thinking in terms of the, the pitching right now, I don't think with the starters, you really need to do much. You know, there might be a move down the line, but I feel like it's going to be for the offense as it should be. Um, I do feel like the Yankees need to sign Anthony Rizzo because Luke Boyd is not going to get it done. Anthony Rizzo is a far superior defensive first baseman, and I still have faith in DJ LeMahieu. So I'm going to go with signing Anthony Rizzo. I think that's very important. Oh, hi. I think that's very important. And I think that is something that needs to be done pretty soon before he actually tests the waters, but they can't overpay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's a little bit of a tightrope walk. And I like what Anthony Rizzo brings because I don't I don't think we saw the best that he has to offer as a yeah. Yankee. And I think that's clear. I think the numbers support that. We didn't see Anthony Rizzo's best offensive production. Uh, and, you know, maybe part of that is a change of scenery. It was Chicago Cub for so long and and meant so much to that city. And now all of a sudden he's in New York and it's a, it's a different vibe. And maybe that plays a part in it. But I think, you know, if we can get Rizzo for, uh, you know, it's not going to be some crazy $300 million deal. It's going to be a way less than that. Um, But I I think if we can get them on a a semi-affordable rate, and I think that's going to be key this offseason for the Yankees, it's got to be spend fucking money. Drop drop the money. Drop the bank. The other thing, too, is that Anthony Rizzo, it seemed like to me at the very least, he was the one when no one was hitting, he was starting, he was, getting singles, getting doubles, hitting home runs. Like you would see Anthony Rizzo home run, Anthony Rizzo home run. I feel like he's definitely, um, definitely hasn't shown his potential quite yet. I do feel like defensively, we've gotten a really good taste of what he's all about. And I really, really like what I see over there because honestly, defensive first baseman, not our biggest, um, not our biggest thing over the past few years. Uh, Not not, since Mark Teixeira retired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Having a good no. defensive first baseman is one of those things where it's like, if you don't have it, it's like, all right, whatever. Like at least see it's home runs. But if you do have it, it's like, this is God, this is God. Like, and also Anthony nice. Rizzo plays. He plays you don't every hold day. Your breath every time Glaber Torres throws from across the diamond. Like, yeah, you no, don't you know, he's going to scoop it. You know, Rizzo is going to scoop right. this ball. I mean, him or Albert Abreu, like one of them. Yeah, one of them. And he plays. He plays every single day, Anthony Rizzo. And he won't play every single day as a Yankee because they never play anyone every single day. But this isn't the guy you have to worry about, like long IL stints. Your cat wants attention. That's he, Yeah, she's biting the the wire on the microphone. And there's, like, a, there's a little tie on my shirt that she wants right now. So that's, <laughs> that's what's happening. Yep. There she is. Okay. That's hysterical. We haven't seen Tori in a while. My jewelry. I know she, she was sitting next to me, uh, during the wild card game. And then I, um, I was jumping up and down and yelling and she ran away, but then she kept coming back and then she kept running away. Like, so have you calmed down yet? 
have you have I know you and then she yourself? would like sit there cautiously like on the edge just in case she needed to run and she did again multiple times um but yeah it was uh watching the wild card game my boyfriend called me right as Garrett Cole was losing Raphael Devers um and for that walk and I was like your kid and I was like siege I can't talk to you you're a Red Sox fan like I don't want to talk to you yeah Please. I don't want to say you jinx the season but I that's what I'm saying <laughs> so then he started at telling so then he started telling story look she's following me everywhere then he started telling stories to keep me on the phone and I was like siege like this I can't do this I can't like that's so and messed then up the home run got hit and I was like I yelled I yelled so I was like fuck you oh my god and he's like i'm not watching what happened and i'm like fuck you you know exactly what happened and i'm so mad oh my so god so mad but you know what i didn't hang up and that's progress hi kitty this is it is it progress it feels like you should have just declined the call and if you decline that phone call we might be having a different conversation right now then what should the yankees do this offseason I'm not about that. You know what? The Yankees offense failed them. Brett Gardner struck out like three times. It's fine. True. Brett Gardner. I was hoping for a signature Brett Gardner. I was hoping for a signature Andrew Velasquez moment. That's what I really I know. That would have been so epic. I mean, you got him starting in a one game playoff. Like that's amazing. Against the Red Sox of all teams. Not the A's, Mm -hmm. not the twins, the Boston Red Sox. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I was hoping for that too. All right. Number three, number three, what's the third thing the Yankees are doing this off season? Hmm. They're finding a new hitting coach, aren't they? Uh, that seems to be the direction that it's going. I, yeah. I've heard Twitter rumors. I don't know if they're true or anything, but it seems like the hitting staff might be on the way out and Phil Nevin, Phil Nevin specifically on the way out. Cause Ooh, holy yes. bad sense. So Just listen, Brett Gardner, third base coach, for sure. For sure. I lo- honestly, I, I don't mind that at all. If you got to, you know, find what, maybe a way they can strike a and... deal with him and say, listen, like we get that you want to play. You're not going to make more than this uh, buyout option. So we're going to give you the, the team buyout option and you can work for us. That's fine. Fine with me. Take it. Yeah. Take it. Okay. So we got. New manager, new coaching staff, sign Anthony Rizzo. What else? I'm not sure. You're missing a big one, Allison. Which one? A huge one. Well, the cat's really distracting me right now. <laughs> we need a shortstop. Oh, that. Yeah, that's an important position, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> we need a shortstop, Allison. And it's not Glaver Torres who made it very clear in the wild card game that second base is his jam. No, definitely, definitely not going to be shortstop Glaber anymore. And Glaber, he's on thin ice. He's on very thin ice after the lack of power in the last two seasons. And you can't blame it on the non-juiced ball in 2021 because he didn't have it in 2020 either. He didn't have it in 2020. So it's it's more of a mechanical thing and more about his swing and, and what he's doing at the plate than about the juice ball because they had the juice ball in 2020 for sure that i mean this is the most aggressive i've ever seen tori she's like she's like stop podcasting come play with me immediately (laughs) (laughs) oh there she goes she's like all right i'm done anyway yeah yeah you're right (laughs) yeah and we got some interesting names out there one of the ones that Mm -hmm. i like and i don't think the yankees are going to get them because i think 
Uh, Toronto would be foolish to let Marcus Simeon walk, but I like Marcus Simeon. I like him a lot. Listen, I liked him last year. That's true. I liked him last year. And, you know, he's got a couple MVP caliber seasons under his belt now. Yeah, that's I mean, that's your cat is psychotic. It's completely psychotic. This is the longest this longest she's ever been on the podcast. She usually just like sticks her butt in the camera and then walks away. No, now she's attacking me. (laughs) So, oh, now she's lying down. Great. She's tired. She's done with it. Done Done. with me. Yeah. Uh, Other options. I know this is going to be a a very controversial one. Carlos Correa. I I don't think the Astros let him walk. I think they match whatever offer he gets. Maybe the Yankees put in a, a really big offer for him and at least get the Astros to use up some more of their payroll. But objectively speaking, Carlos Correa is probably the best shortstop available. The Yankees need I know, a shortstop. But he's, uh. <laughs> I know that's objectively speaking, Carlos Correa wins us games. He wins games. But I just, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how people react to him. Bes- not the player, but the person, you know? Yes, yes, because we have That's long it. held on this podcast. We're not about Carlos Correa. Even before the the cheating stuff even came out, you know, we were not on the Carlos Correa bandwagon. He's a weird guy. He's weird. And after the cheating stuff, I mean, I can just imagine what WFAN is going to sound like if the Yankees give a, a massive, because that's what it's going to be, a massive mm-hmm. mega deal like, Carlos Correa dies a Yankee, that kind of mega deal. Mm-hmm. Imagine WFAN the next day after Carlos Correa signs like a 13-year, $330 million contract with the New York Yankees. It's going to be a bloodbath, an absolute bloodbath. Yeah, I mean, that is just... But, you know, the Yankees have a history of bringing in polarizing players. It They just do. It's just... Ah, I don't know... I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I know that his talent far exceeds any other shortstops on the market. Like it he's, just, he's does. that guy. He is a, he a potential is. perennial MVP, a guy who could win the MVP every single year. He's but just, there's, yeah, he's just asshole. Carlos Correa. It's Carlos Correa. And, and you know, the other guys there's, you know, Marcus Simeon isn't as good as him. Toronto won't let him walk. He's going to be a Canadian hero. Uh, Corey Seager. I think, you know, it's it's the injuries for me. He gets injured a lot, mm-hmm. and that's something that I don't think I can handle anymore, uh, especially if we're going to dole out a long contract to a shortstop. I don't think I can handle having a perennial, perennially injured shortstop. I just I can't do it. Uh, but it's I mean, it's nice. He's a lefty. Uh, his mm-hmm. defense isn't great, but he's got a good bat. And, you know, it works for me that if he stays on the field, it works for me. And I think Trevor's story is probably far and away the the worst of the four options, but also, you know, an elite player. There's just an abundance and of, a good of shortstops guy. and a good guy. Yeah. He is like, he's the least problematic, but also like maybe not the guy who's like shows up and guarantees a world series appearance. He's not that guy, yeah. but Carlos I mean, Correa I, might be. <laughs> I would definitely question if the Yankees doled out a mega contract to Carlos Correa, just how much they're putting, you know, that talent over, the person and the history and all that stuff. And I understand that people deserve second chances and whatnot. And, you know, obviously no one really knows what went down in the Astros 
dugout and clubhouse except for the guys that were in there because no one's saying a word. Well, we'll know after we sign them to a mega deal. (laughs) (laughs) But I, it's just, it's really hard for me to get on that, that train. And I know, I know people are like, you just have to think of him as a player, as a player. But like, that's why I don't cheer for all the Chapman. It's why I don't cheer for Domingo Herman. Exactly. Like, you you there begrudgingly accept things. yeah you begrudgingly accept that they're good pitchers and they help your team win games but you're not actively like yeah like I'm go not seeking Aroldis out Chapman. a Chapman jersey I'm not. yeah no I want I want nothing to do if the Yankees got rid of Aroldis Chapman and Domingo Herman tomorrow wouldn't bat an eyelash I don't care how it affects the bullpen or the rotation wouldn't care one right. bit get rid of them mm-hmm. but you know when you're there and you want to win baseball games you just kind of begrudgingly accept like all right this guy's a piece of shit but. This is Mm -hmm. the situation. I don't have control over the roster. What I would do with the roster is not what they would do with the roster. Which is why I love Anthony Rizzo because he's just a good guy. He's fun and he loves the game and he's great with the media. Great with the clubhouse. Apparently not Luke Voigt, but you know, that's just that. That's just the thing. That's but, a, that seems more like a Luke Voigt problem. Yeah, Luke yeah. Voigt's gone. If we sign Anthony Rizzo, mm-hmm. I honestly, I think oh, yeah. Luke Voigt might be gone anyway. I think that we're going to find so. first base somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So, I mean, this offseason is going to be busy. Yeah. We need really, one more. Better number be five. Busy. What's your number five? What's the last thing you want to see the Yankees do? Uh, lower ticket prices. Lower ticket prices. That's a good one. Uh, not going to happen. But <laughs> it's it's good to dream. It's good to dream. Uh, mine oh. is sign Aaron Judge to an extension. Oh, okay. <laughs> Duh. Okay. Yeah. That's, I, I'm sorry. That's a given. Aaron Judge, given. this man wants to be in pinstripes. And I actually saw, I saw a TikTok of some guy on the streets um, before the wild card game. And he's going around asking people, Yankees fans, he's like, what would you give up for like get rid of for a Yankees World Series? And this guy's screaming and he's like, I would give up my firstborn child. When that child is born, I will take that child and I will give it directly to Aaron Judge. And I was like, yeah, I, I would too. So <laughs> That Aaron Judge, I don't even have to guarantee a World Series. Aaron Judge can just have my firstborn and just as tribute. Yeah, thank just you for all you us. did. Yeah, yeah. you got, you had a, a few really good years when you were pre-arb. We were only paying you like $600,000 a year. So just as a thank you for being an MVP candidate in those really affordable mm-hmm. years, here's my child. Yeah, they would be absolutely ridiculous to uh, let him even consider free agency. So yeah, the yep. sooner the better. Get it done. And he stayed healthy this year, him and John Carlos Stanton. And that's, you know, the most frustrating part of the 2021 Yankees is that if you told me at the beginning of the year, we would have the best rotation in the American League, the best bullpen in the American League, and Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton would stay healthy all year. We're a World Series team. That's a World Series. That's a World Series. We're, yep. we're going to win 120 fucking games. We're never going to lose. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be awesome. And look at where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't know that Brett Gardner would be the other outfielder. And we didn't know that. Yeah, this Aaron Hicks goes this- down and, and Luke Voigt goes down. And all of a sudden, Rochelle regresses. Yeah, not even, can't just, not even just hit home runs. He can't even get the ball in the fucking air. You can't even DJ you just can't move anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's no, it was, it was real bad. And then we, we get Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo at the trade deadline too. And we're like, yeah, like I start, like I'm starting to see the vision. I, I feel like we have mm-hmm. a, a really 
like good enough team now. And Gallo and Rizzo really didn't contribute all that much down the stretch and, and really didn't contribute much in the wild card game. Uh, as a whole, I think Rizzo hit a, a solo home run late. He did, um, but yes. that, that but was he had other opportunities. So yeah, and that's you know game is over already. Go get your solo home run that just stays inside pesky pole, and you know that's nice. But you know down the stretch, Anthony Rizzo was not the guy that we got from Chicago. He was just right. a very a very good player, uh, an above average player, but not the guy we really needed him mm-hmm. to be uh, because yeah. of because of Gio Urshela, because of Glaber Torres, uh, also. I know it's not going to happen, but if I had to pick, you know, my number one thing that I want the Yankees fandom to do this offseason, stop the Gary Sanchez discourse. Stop it. There's nobody, nobody on the free agent market is going to be better than Gary Sanchez. There's no Yasmani Grandal available. There's no JT or Real Muto. If you want to go and get a, a backup catcher and decrease Gary's playing time and, and find him better spots, then go ahead and do that. But you're not going to find somebody who is better than Gary Sanchez available unless it's a trade, in which case we're going to give up a shit ton for an mm-hmm. elite catcher. Yep. It's just there's Agreed. nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. We're stuck with Gary Sanchez. We're stuck with him. It's so here. Hear it's me out. Though. You've got the Kraken. You now have the Seattle Kraken. Making making moves this year, right? Making making things happen. Yeah. You want to go get Luis Terenz? We can go get Luis Torrens from from Seattle. Be like, we got this guy. His nickname is the Kraken, and you got a new hockey team. So let's make a deal. I think that's right. And also, I think they should just send Gary a free jersey. I mean, like, I'm just promoting for Gary right here, right now. Yeah, but that's PR one hundred and one. Cool, would that be? Yeah, PR one hundred and one. Send the Kraken mm-hmm. a free Kraken jersey. I actually okay. have a friend who's like, he's like anti sports. He's he's one of those people who just hates sports because he never really I played sports growing up. Yeah, sometimes I do too. Um, but he he <laughs> because the Seattle Kraken are just like this brand new team that's never existed before. He decided he's just going to become a diehard Kraken fan. He lives in D.C. They play in Seattle, and he was like, I can finally say like I'm a day one fan, and that's. That means everything go. to me. So I'm going to learn the rules of hockey and I'm going to watch every game and, and really support my crack. And he already has a Jersey. He watched even the preseason games. I'm just like, that's, that must be nice. That's, just it's embarking. dedication. Yeah. That's just embarking great. I love on this, that. on this journey of fandom, just getting started, that. not beaten so down, exciting. not beaten down by years of, of disappointment. Uh, it'll come. Just wait. Yeah. You'll get there. Don't, don't worry. You'll get there. Um, yeah. I mean, we go over the rest of the playoff picture quickly. And, you know, we already talked about the Astros and the White Sox. Uh, the Astros gave the White Sox a masterclass, and we've been here and done this before. Uh, the White Sox were clearly not ready for this game, partly because they haven't played a meaningful game in like three months because uh, mm-hmm. the AL Central is terrible and they locked it up so long ago. It was, it was a lock almost the entire year that they were going to win that division. And it's only going to get worse for them next year because Cleveland might trade Jose Ramirez. If they're smart, they trade Jose Ramirez mm-hmm. this offseason. That's who I want. If I'm the Yankees, I want I've Jose. Heard trade, yeah, I've yeah, heard some Jose trade rumors uh, surrounding Glaber Torres as well. Um, I could I could do with that. And mm-hmm. if it's got to be prospects, it's got to be prospects. And I would be, you know, if we have to give up Volpe for that, uh, you know, that's fine with me. Volpe plus um, and then you can kind of stomach moving DJ LeMahieu to first base and, and losing a lot of power at that position, but also having Jose Ramirez at third. Uh, that would be that would be awesome. I would like that very much. Uh, but yeah, they're going to take a step back and 
the White Sox are going to walk into the playoffs again next year and run into the same problem. They haven't played a meaningful game in three months. They are just not, they were not prepared for the Houston Astros. And they were also just not a better team than the Astros. The Astros were significantly better than they were. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anything else to add on that? No. No. Yeah. But it was a pretty boring series. Pretty boring. Um, Rays Red Sox. That was something. Why? do the Red Sox get rewarded for kicking the ball over the wall? I don't understand. Yeah, that. that's, that's a dumb rule. And before before we talk about it, I just want to say that, you know, the Red Sox won in four games, but it very easily could have been the Rays in four games. The last oh, yeah. two games that we go they into were, extra yeah, innings. It was teetering. Yeah, it was teetering. And, and in game three, the Red Sox, that was game three, right? With the ground rule double? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the automatic double, not a ground rule double. Apparently, ground rule only applies to the field, and automatic double is when that bullshit happens. Um, so this game, it's it's tied. Hunter Renfro misplays a, a ball off the wall. It bounces off his hip and goes into the goes into the stance. Yandy Diaz doesn't score. The Rays don't take a 5-4 lead heading into the ninth inning. And then Christian Vasquez hits a walk-off two-run homer. That changes the series. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think the Red Sox come back if they're down one run in the ninth inning instead of tie game. I don't think they come back from that. So then the Rays are up 2-1. You see what happens in game four. And, and it was another close game that you know the Red Sox just happened to win. And of course, it was Kike Hernandez to walk it off because he was just... You know, it's one of those things that you can't predict about baseball. I, I don't think the Red Sox were the better team. I just think they were the hotter team. And mm-hmm. Kike Hernandez was the hottest hitter on planet Earth for, for the entire series, which makes absolutely zero sense. But I guess good for him. Was he the one playing center field? Uh, I know he played center field. I don't know if he played it the entire because series. Or I just would like cause... to point out that in game, it must have been game four. Yeah, game four. Um. I think it was Randy Rosarina hit a single um, to center field. And instead of like going around and cutting off the single, he dove for it when he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, away. Was, that was Kike Hernandez. Yeah, he was nowhere remotely close to catching that ball. He went <laughs> for it. He went for it. <laughs> yeah, I just think um, bad baseball and it made me laugh so hard and I hoped the Red Sox lost because I was like did you see that did you see what he just did yep but yeah I mean the Red Sox got hot at the right time the right they had the right guys come up in the right situations they win a series Kike Hernandez you know definitely the series MVP and now I think they're gonna get buzzsawed by the Astros I think the Astros are just gonna run them ragged I don't know I don't know what I want I don't care about the AL anymore I don't care yeah, I just don't. Obviously, I'm gonna watch every game, and I'm gonna be very invested in the results as long as the result is both teams lose. Um, in the National yeah. League, we had. I mean, the Cardinals gave the Dodgers a nice run mm-hmm. in the wild card game. It they was did. close for a very long time. Thirty nine year old Adam Wainwright pitched his ass off. Pitched his ass off. Tip of the cap to them. Tip of the cap to them. They they almost got there. They almost did it. But obviously, the Dodgers are the Dodgers. Uh, honestly. Game five of Dodgers Giants better be the game of the fucking century because the first four yeah. have been pretty boring. They, yeah, I, I agree. There's there hasn't been like with the even with like the Yankees and Red Sox. Well, 
the Rays and the Red Sox, let's go with. Um, just everything was so back and forth, and you really didn't know. It swayed every single inning, like who was who was primed to win. So I loved that, even though I hated it at the same time. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like I was watching a little bit last night, and they were already up, you know, one nothing, two nothing, and you're like, yeah, this is boring. Yeah, even even the one nothing shutout win in Game Three for mm-hmm. is that. The Giants. Giants. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Giants won game three. Even that one nothing shutout win, that Longoria home run came so early. And mm-hmm. it was just like the rest of the game, you were just watching people get out. And it didn't really feel like the Dodgers ever put together something that could have resulted in a win until the very last at bat. And Chris Taylor hits one all the way to the wall and the wind blows it back. You know, that's great. Yeah, the Giants mm-hmm. win that game. But it wasn't like an exciting It was a close game. It wasn't an exciting game. It just hasn't been like that interesting yet. And the same thing with Brewers Braves. I, I feel like, you know, game four was a little bit different because there was a little bit more of a back and forth. But the first three games, I was like, all right, like, are, are you guys going to score any runs today? Is, are we going to hit? Are we going to at least like have a, a really cool dominant pitching matchup? Like, no, it was just boring. It was boring. And a shout out to the Braves overcoming all the odds, the worst team in the playoffs. And they still win in the, in the NLDS. Good for Freddie happen. Freeman. I just, I just Freddie love Freeman. that man. Yeah. That's, that's a good guy for that to happen too, to, to mm-hmm. send your team to the NLCS when you're, you were supposed to get blown out by the Milwaukee Brewers three games. I called three games. I was looking at Corbin mm-hmm. Burns, Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta. and being like, the Braves don't have that. They don't have that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, when it comes to, um, when it comes to the whole Freddie Freeman thing, I think the thing I loved best was listening to him after the game, uh, yesterday was him talking and they were asking him, you know, like how, you know, what did you know what was coming? Blah, blah, blah. Like, how did you, how did you hit that ball so hard? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. know. It was a baseball. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I don't fucking know. I, I swung and, and the ball, it got hit he was by the like, bat. I, I thought it, he was like, I was working on a few things, you know, before the game and everything. And it just kind of all fell into place. And I was like, good answer. I just love this guy. Like classic, like see ball, hit ball. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I loved that. Bob Nightingale tweeted that Freddie Freeman said, I'm an Atlanta Brave. I'm going to stay with the Atlanta Braves. I'm really excited to see if he is powerful enough to be wrong about a direct quote from a player. <laughs> I'm really excited to see that because that's that's what I've got my eye on. And I think we can both agree that whoever wins game five of Dodgers Giants goes to the World Series. Right. I, think I don't think so. the, mm-hmm. the Braves don't have a chance against either one of those teams, right. which, of course, me saying that pretty much guarantees the Braves win in five. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's going to be. Oh, it's a good one. Logan Webb was pretty dominant in game one. I, I want to give the slight edge. To the Giants in game five. I want to give a slight edge to them, and that's going to be Giants Astros World Series. Go Giants. That's it. All right. Well, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Whoever is in the National League, I'm rooting for. Don't care who it is. I'm rooting for them. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our Yankee season, unfortunately, and <sighs> the first episode of the endless void of what is up with the offseason, man. Yes, we have to wait and see, which is my least favorite phrase in human history. Yeah, we, especially because like the Yankee, news doesn't start happening until after the World Series. Mm-hmm. So we have to wait like another <laughs> two weeks before Yankee stuff even starts I happening. I would love for the Yankees to just sign a massive extension in the middle of one of the biggest games of the World Series. Just that be like, be oh, by funny. the way, Aaron Judge, 
10 years. We signed for 10 more years. And all of a sudden, all of Yankees Twitter is no Change longer the watching next the inning. game. Actually, it's, it's 11. It's 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be pretty funny. Um, it would be. I don't see it happening. But that, you would, know, be, that would be really relevant funny. again. Just do it. I think that has to be done. Obviously, that is like something pretty important. So just get it done. Yeah, it's been a long time since somebody associated the World Series with the Yankees. Now's the time. <laughs> Now's the time. Um, all right, yeah, we'll uh, we'll come up with something to talk about for the next couple of weeks. We'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. We'll figure it out. Uh, do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, just that you know, anxiously awaiting news on you know what the deal with is is with Brett Gardner. I was hoping for one more Guardy party, but you know, alas, I think I think that's that's done. Yeah, I'm not not too confident. I'm not too confident. You know what I am confident in? Brett Gardner not being signed for the 2022 season, but about halfway through, the Yankees have to sign him on a veteran minimum deal. So like we just uh, somebody got hurt. We need you, Brett. We need you back. That would be a wonderful surprise. That would (laughs) just in the middle in the middle of June, just be like, oh my God, Brett Gardner's coming back. The return. And it's he would happening. definitely, he would hit a home run in his first game back. He would, he would absolutely. Oh, yeah. He'd that. be so hyped. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's all I got. So I guess thank you to all the people who listened every week for joining us for another Yankee season. Uh, obviously we're disappointed with the way it ended and it's going to be a, a, a bloodbath of an off season with the conversations that are going to be had. Uh, don't forget analytics are not the boogeyman. They're just statistical data that shows you how to win better. And Oh, Tori's back. One more, one more goodbye from Tori. Yep. Yes, All indeed. Right. Yeah. All right. See you next week. All right.